Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alpstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Hey, Pro Football Playbook Podcast listeners, I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with Keith Myers, sitting down, talking about the 2022 NFL Draft, the recap show, uh, just going to sit and uh, talk about players, what we thought was going to happen prior to the draft, and how uh, how it actually went down. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah, it's um, uh, this is going to be fun, because the, the draft weekend was just, it was a lot of fun, just kind of watch, go through all of the stuff, it's it's always a fun um, weekend for those of us that uh, watch the NFL and 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 really look at rosters and stuff. And it's just so much information now to try and boil it all down into um, one show. This will be a challenge. So, <laughs> so you know, yeah. Well, you know, going in, we just heard tons and tons of rumors uh, right before the draft week um, that this was going to be a really chaotic first round. Mm-hmm. I thought it pretty well went as expected in the first 10 picks or so and then stuff started happening as far as wide receivers coming on the board and in big chunks um i thought a guy like uh oh um jermaine johnson for example i thought went later than i thought he would i mm-hmm. thought cole strange went sooner than i thought he would um, much like a whole at least around sooner yeah um, one I, quarterback was taken in the first round kenny pickett to pittsburgh i mean that made sense for pittsburgh but now no second round yeah, yeah when you when in retrospect you look at the entire draft kenny pickett probably went three rounds too soon um and uh yeah so i mean a lot lots to talk about what was your overall impression keith about how the draft went down compared to you how you thought it would go down well, it went, um, there, there's some weirdness in, in this draft and I, I'm still trying to figure it all out. Um, to me, it felt like, uh, the teams that were used to making good, smart decisions in the draft made a lot of good, smart decisions in the draft and the teams that tend to always be picking near the top of the draft showed why they're usually picking near the top of the draft. Maybe can not. Give me an exa- can you give me an example? Not- I was going to say um, Detroit. Detroit's the um, the example that I'll give you in that uh, I just it's really easy, you know, when you're picking two to and um, they don't take Aiden Hutchinson first overall for you to to grab him, right? So that's that is that's, that's a no brainer. That made sense no, that too. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a um, a fantastic pick. You're good with that. But then for them to trade all those picks that they did to move up from 32 um to 12 where minnesota was sitting yeah yeah to get um jameson williams a wide receiver yeah that's just Um, a crazy move that's a lot of draft capital for a wide receiver like that a a lot of draft capital for a wide receiver that may not play this year well Um, you know you know what was even worse i'll I'll, okay i'll give you that but i'm going to interrupt you for a second what was even worse is the draft capital that new orleans gave up for chris Olave. Yeah, you think about that—that the, the future first-round pick, the the maneuvering to get into this spot here at eleven, the maneuvering it took for them to get the two draft picks 
away from Philadelphia to begin with, and then to move up. I mean, that's just a ton for one player. Well, it's a ton for one player, and it's a ton for a, re- a wide receiver. Like, uh, I'm sorry. I, maybe our listeners are going to disagree with me. I, I just don't see, yes, you need receivers, but no one receiver is worth that mint's draft capital um, and to move up for. Now, if you're moving yeah. up, you're doing all that, all that moving around to move up and get an elite pass rusher or an elite corner. Um, or your franchise tackle. quarterback, absolutely. Yeah. Or yeah, offensive tackle. Um, you know, something like that. But for a wide receiver, like, do you is there really that much of a drop off from uh, Jamison Williams who went up at pick twelve to the guys that went, you know, in in pick twenty three, twenty eight, um, you know, thirty four. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't think there is. I mean, is he better than them? Absolutely. I think talent wise, he's the best receiver in this class, but he's also injured. And so and New Orleans is also, you know, one year away from potentially wanting to get into the franchise draft class for a quarterback. Yeah. Um, They they signed Jameis Winston for another year. And yeah. So it's all of it. It just doesn't it. Detroit if they had stayed at 32 or even if they'd only moved up a few spots, um, built their uh, defensive line, built their offensive line, went and looked for value rather than a luxury pick. um, I feel like their roster would be in significantly better shape right now, Um, but that's not how they wanted to do it. So, um, so one of the first surprises that I thought, um, about was the Houston Texans pick of Derek Stingley uh, Jr. at three overall. Mm-hmm. Now he certainly has the, the the ability and the talent to go there, but everything every indication was that he was going to be available around you know after pick ten. How did how did that know. move? How did that move there? Um, did that change the way that the draft fell after that point? I don't think so because basically what happened was Charles he, Cross ended up being available to Seattle at nine. Okay, maybe. so you're right. So that it did it did affect it in terms of that. Um, I saw uh, him and Sauce Gardner going um, both in the top six, top five. Wow. Um, anyway, so okay. uh, and the fact they went out of order compared to me, but look, Sauce Gardner. I guess Drake, is Drake great. London going to Atlanta at eight, maybe that that was the one that effect. really kind of screwed mm-hmm. with. Um, with everything in terms of that, because it just totally uh, made the draft a little bit weird. Because I mean, Atlanta doesn't have a quarterback; they're rebuilding all of that. Again, I can say this again: a wide receiver. It just feels like um, an odd pick, um, and so it just you know things fell weird. Um, you know, getting having Walker go number one overall when I think for most of this draft process, everyone was assuming Hutchinson was going to go one overall, um, kind of pushed everyone down one spot. And so mm-hmm. Hutchinson went to um, Thibodeau, the four, the four out five. of the five draft picks at wide receiver, starting with Drake London and yeah. uh, Jamison Williams. And then a few picks later, it was Jahan Dotson and Traylon Brooks went off the board as well. So a lot of wide receivers in the middle of round one mm-hmm. really gave other teams an opportunity to get players that maybe they weren't initially projecting to them. For example, Baltimore Ravens ended up with Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame at 14. At 14. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I will say I like what the two New York teams did in this first round. I mean, the Jets went um, 
with sauce Gardner, who I mm-hmm. still think is the best corner in this draft. Um, and, you know, then Garrett Wilson, who's arguably the best wide receiver in this draft. And so um, for them, they didn't have to move up to get him. Yes. They, they I think they want uh, the reports are that they wanted to move down, couldn't find a trade partner, said, forget it. Um, and so they went ahead and took Garrett Wilson and that led to um, New Orleans panicking and offering Washington more for uh, to move up to get a lave um, and probably also caused Detroit to panic and make their move. Um, so, you know, they just, they got the best corner and the best receiver. Um, hard, hard to complain with that. The giants getting Thibodeau um, and then following that up with Evan Neal, who mm. I think is the best left tackle in, yeah. in this draft. Um, Aquanu's the best tackle, but I believe he's on the right side. And, um, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers getting a Quanu. I mean, that's that was like a steal. Him, him being available at six, there was a lot of talk with him going at four or him going at five. Like the idea that he would get past the Giants at five, um, it was unexpected. But I think when the Giants got when when the Giants were picking at five, you realize when both Aquanu and Evan Neal were both on the on the board still that they could take Thibodeau and still get an elite. Um, offensive tackle. Um, so that may have, have gone into to that choice. So talk to me a little bit about your thoughts around all of us. And I'm, I'm not saying us in general, but I think we probably kind of fell into it a little bit. Was the overall quarterback draft class in 2022 where everyone saw them, big boards, et cetera, saw those guys going in this draft and where they ended up going? Well, I don't think anyone saw it wrong um, because everyone said none of these guys are, have a first round grade that um, none of these guys are worth picking at the top of the draft um, that if they were in last year's draft, they would be picks uh, or they'd be like the sixth, eighth and 12th best quarterback um, on the board. But this, cause this draft class is just bad. And, uh, but we pick, we looked at it and we go, well, these teams need quarterbacks and teams are quarterback like desperate. They'll take flyers on quarterbacks. They shouldn't take that early just because it's so important and they're desperate. Um, and so there, that was the assumption is that teams were going to make really bad choices. And for the most part, teams didn't make bad choices when it comes, comes to quarterbacks. So uh, that was nice to see um, that, you know, the kind of the NFL teams, the GMs, um, the executives, they, they were smart about it. They were like, these guys just aren't worth it. They're not, if someone else takes them, we're not worried about it because drafting um, Malik Willis. Yeah. The guy's got a ton of talent, but he'll, if he can develop over the next two to three years, then he'll be good. And if you are waiting two to three years for a guy to become um, a good quarterback by then, you're probably been fired if you're a GM. Um, so you're better off just not. And, you know, I, 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 like I said, you, everybody was saying this, this quarterback class wasn't worth it. And the NFL teams agreed. So, so in looking at say, you know, round one, round two, is there a team that stands out to you as far as getting the best value out of this draft? Um, like New York Jets, you mentioned New York Jets earlier. They got Brees Hall at thirty-six. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I like what the Jets did as far as players. I think that they're trading up 
to get a third, um, you know, early pick and, and that kind of stuff cost them later in the draft. So they ended up with a lot fewer players than they really mm-hmm. should have. Um, but the fact, I believe they got the best corner, the best wide receiver, uh, the best running back in the draft. Um, they also got a very, very good um, uh, pass rusher in Jermaine Johnson that I thought was going to go, you know, 15 or 11 picks earlier. So mm-hmm. around pick 15, um, that group of there that you've looking at four guys that are um, going to be instant difference makers yeah. and guys that can are you look maybe not for rookie um, year, but after that, you know, these are guys that you're going to be looking at seeing if they made a pro ball roster because their talents there. Um, and to get four of those guys right away um, is, is great for them. And then the re- their, you know, their class kind of rounds out um, with some other decent players um, guys like uh, Max Mitchell and, and Michael Clemens. I like, but when it, um, when it comes down, that was their last pick. They traded yeah. away everything else. And I'm like, oh, for a team that needs it, that needs talent like that, it's a hard pill to swallow for them to get that few picks. So anything else stand out to you? Um, should we talk about the Patriots uh draft? Because sure. they they made some interesting choices. Um, and I'm not gonna ever claim that I know more than um bill belichick when it comes to this stuff because i don't and right um but well the cole strange pick was interesting now i like cole strange as a as a prospect but i was thinking in that you know this this he started out when we first looked at him in the 120 range after the senior bowl moved up continued to move up he was one of the fastest movers largest movers in the entire process ended up going in the first round uh at 29 overall um and i think that he I think that, you know, by taking him there, they expect him to start. They do. And that's what's weird is I I had like a third round grade on him. And I know, like I said, not going to claim that I know more than um, Bill Belichick, um, but he was at the senior bowl and he looked okay at the senior bowl. He wasn't the de- the defensive lineman dominated the senior bowl practices and pretty much all the offensive linemen um, with the except, exception of Trevor Penning kind of struggled. He was one of those guys. And that's why, um, yeah, he shot up draft boards, especially after the combine and that kind of stuff. But I still don't see it. And I think the talent's there and he'll get there, but it's going to be, um, it's going to, it's going to be a year or two and they're, they're going to need him to start now. Um, What about Taekwon Thornton? You just mentioned, I had him as my 192nd ranked overall prospect. Yeah, and he went taking fiftieth overall. Um, I now, had, now he's a great. He's got speed, but he's that's it. He's unrefined he's, after that. He's, yep, he's got speed. He's got size. He's actually got soft hands, but his routes are there. He runs in straight lines really well. He's a project. Um, and honestly, the New England Patriots under in this you know the Bill Belichick era, they don't draft receivers well. Um, they don't evaluate them well. We've seen that over and over again. Um, the guys that they they have that come in and have tremendous success tend to be guys that were drafted by someone else. Um, guys like, you know, Wes Welker and, and that kind of thing. Um, so I wasn't that surprised they made a bad pick there, but just the fact that, you know, they only had, they didn't have like 
um, this huge number of picks. That that one just felt like a project. Um, yeah, and Marcus then, Jones too. It's five foot eight, one hundred seventy-seven pounds. You know, he's a he's a good guy, but he's going to be in the slot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bailey Zappi. Um, yeah, and a fourth round pick on a on a a quarterback when you just took a, a rookie last year. And yeah, so he's going to have a so they're going to have a really young quarterback room. Mm-hmm. I, I I just I don't know. I don't Pierre Pierre Strong at running back out of South Dakota State. I think is. Uh, actually probably their best pick in terms of talents and value. And that was done, you know, 127th pick overall, and they're going to get a guy that's going to be part of a rotation, not even a full-time player. Um, it, It was a weird, it was a weird draft for them. And I'm not sure exactly why, or, you know, what I'm doing wrong. Cause like I said, I, I, Bel- with the exception of wide receiver, Belichick knows what he's doing. I just I look at this draft and I find I find myself confused. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with DraftKings same day parlays? You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. What else, so, Keith? Um, so I, I know it got talked about a lot during draft uh, broadcasts, but I feel like we need to say something about why Nakobe Dean dropped. Um, and because you and I both had him, we knew he was going to be not as high as some people. Some people were saying he's like, you know, 12th or 14th best player in, in that range. And you and I think both realized that he was going to drop later in the first round, but he dropped into the third. And I think we need to say something about that because. Well, that's a big storyline. Two, two things. Um, you know, first of all, Nakobe Dean was the best player on the best defense the, in college football in, yes, he was. in a long time. I mean, that was the best defense in college football in the last 10, 15 years. Um, but, you know, he's he's got some injury things going on. He might not be able to be ready for the start of the year. He's a little undersized. I mean, I think he's a, obviously I think he's a steal in, in the third round there. Um and it, he's elite. He's an elite player. I mean, he just is. I think, I think that the Eagles are are good is a good landing spot for him because he's not going to have to come in right away. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got a decent defense around him, and um, and when he does come in, he's going to be he's going to enhance what they have. So, and then they they the Eagles picked up Jordan Davis, a perfect guy to protect Nicobe Dean. So I think I think they've they've done a good job there. Yeah, um, I thought the Eagles actually had a really good draft, especially with the way that they um, maneuvered in it. They were able to move some of their draft capital from this year to next year, um, you know, with the basically 
fleecing the the saints with some of those trades and um and and with that and they ended up with some good players i mean jordan davis is uh one of the i still think he's the best he um, could end up being the best player out of this draft i still think he's the best defensive tackle prospect since um tomakin sue came out um like that's how much i like i like mm-hmm. him and then to get nicobe dean behind him uh all the way down in round three i'm like that's that's just a fantastic draft what did you think of Malik Willis finally coming off the board at 86 overall to the Tennessee Titans? Well, you know what? It's not a it's not a bad landing spot for him because he's he's there. He's behind Tannehill, mm-hmm. um, where where he's he's there's no expectation for him to come in and start make a um, make a difference. He's a um, he's going to have a chance to develop, take his time. Uh, getting on the field Tannehill also tends to get banged up here and there he has doesn't miss long stretches but he does miss uh, a game here or two games there and so he's going to get a chance to get some reps um, each year as he develops so it's not just entirely at practice Uh, and I so I think it's him landing in a good situation at the same time like you know this is a team that uh they keep saying they're they're behind Tannehill all the way, and then they do this, and then now. Well, what did you th- what did you think of them trading uh, wide receiver AJ Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles for number eighteen, number one hundred one overall? Well, okay, so they didn't want to pay AJ Brown, so they traded him for two draft picks, and then drafted um, a receiver Burks. at, at yeah. eighteen. Who honestly, his uh, pro comp is AJ Brown. So they just they traded him. They traded AJ Brown for a younger, cheaper version of uh, of AJ Brown and another player. Um, okay, I, it was to me. It wasn't a. Um, it wasn't a you know terrible move. I mean, mm-hmm. if if the if, they, um, if Brooks doesn't work out, then okay, then you might have a problem. But I just didn't see it as being terrible. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? The only other team that I know it's a quick show, but as the only other team that I think we um, should probably mention is Kansas city, because as a team that was, you know, really close to making the super bowl again, they've had in four straight AFC title games. um, They got two really nice defensive players in McDuffie and Karloftis. They added sky Moore, Who's a Moore's great for them. yeah, a very underrated um, pick at wide receiver, and they got him, you know, late round two. Um, safety Brian Cook. Uh, they 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 added they added especially on defense. And the fact that Darian Kennard, who is thought of as yeah. a you know late second, third round pick, um, and fell to the fifth, they were able to get. I think he's a starting guard, um, even mm-hmm. though he was a tackle in college, um, and and they got a got him in round five he can come Leo in. Chanel at linebackers got tremendous speed Jalen Watson's kind of an underrated long corner mm-hmm. from Washington State which they need help with yeah interesting I mean it's a it is an interesting group of um you know uh talent that they've got this is a team that they traded away and a, a very unique explosive game-changing weapon um but they added other pieces in free agency with the money that they saved and then they turned that into a, a big improvement on their defense their defense is going to be better 
I think Karloftis is, is the most underrated player in the first round. I mean, I he think that be. that guy could have been picked in the teens, was available to them at 30. They'd already drafted Trent McDuffie. Um, mm-hmm. just, I, you know, they just, they just got better, I think. Yeah, because he comes in and takes over the um, uh, Cook, no, Clark, Frank Clark um role right the guy that moves around on the line on the line and and rushes from different spots and in different angles and all of that um he costs a fraction of what frank clark did and honestly he's going to be more productive because clark really had a bad year last year so they got better and they got cheaper um with that move mcduffie i think is a very very good sticky corner um the guy does not give up receptions he didn't in, in in college and didn't give up touchdowns, didn't give up receptions, um, just straight up as a great player. And this was playing on a bad team. So, he, you know, he was on the field a lot and teams were um, having opportunities to throw and he still didn't give up receptions. So um, I think if, if uh, Washington was a better football team last year, McDuffie might have gone even higher. So I, I just think I really like what they did. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they really reloaded uh, that roster to help them stay near the top of the AFC. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. There were, there were a number of player uh, teams that I thought did really well. I think Indianapolis had a good, good draft. Um, Houston Texans, obviously, I mean, nobody probably wanted to go to Houston, but I thought they ended up with four or five, six players that are going to have quite a bit of playing time on that, on that team this year. Um, that Green Bay had a number of picks in this draft I thought that were really good, including Rashid Walker, the tackle out of Penn State at uh, round seven, 249 overall. I thought it was a steal. Um, Kingsley and Barry uh, in the sixth round, Zach Tom in the fourth round. They got Mer- Romeo Dubs, wide receiver out of Nevada, I think is an underrated guy. Christian Watson, uh, you know, uh, and then they got the pair of uh, defenders from Georgia in the first round. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Green Bay had a great, great draft. So Green Bay did have a great draft, but this was a team that needed one of those top receivers and didn't get one. Um, and so they're going to, they're on offense. You don't just, think Christian Watson is the top, isn't the top receiver? No, I don't. Um, they needed, I, I, I do think they needed, they needed more talent at receiver. They, the draft did not fall to them in a way that was convenient for them. Um, and so instead they boosted the defense, uh, and they needed to, I mean, they lost some key pieces and they replaced them with, with, uh, very good draft picks. Um, but ultimately that loss of, um, Devonte Adams still just hovers over them. and is a problem they need to fix. Um, I guess the only other team that the only, the only other team that I think nobody's talking about, um, would be Seattle. I mean, they got both of their starting offensive tackles a starting running back and a starting pass rusher um, and probably a starting cornerback. And they doubled, they doubled down a lot too on those position groups as well, which they needed. I mean, they needed help all along the, well, they need every help position us. group, right? Yeah. They need help all over the <clears throat> roster, but to go and get both your starting offensive tackles in one draft to get a guy that's going to play right away at corner and another, another guy with like just crazy high ceiling. I mean, everyone was interested in where Tariq Woolen was going to go after his combine yeah um, i was shocked that he was there at 153 i really was i mean i was literally thinking this guy would be in the 70s or 80s and and be off the board and there he was sitting there in the fifth round at 153 yep 
I thought they had a real, they had a really good draft. Um, you know, I, I think that it's, they surprised everyone by not trading back and not picking up more picks. Instead, they just let the, um, the draft come to them. They got Charles Cross, who nobody thought was going to be available at nine. Um, That's a no brainer for them there. That was them, you know, um, Boye Mafe is like, that's, he was there about 10 picks later than I expected him to be. And then they, yeah, you just had mentioned doubling up to go get Abe Lucas, um, to be their right tackle. They have a left One tackle of the best and a right tackle. In the, in all yeah. of college football, both of them. Yeah. yeah. And so it shows a little bit of a shift in what they're that's looking true, for there. Cause Pete Carroll's always been, you know, we're going to run the ball and whatever. And, and they've gone and they've had this, um, where they draft a lot of run blocking offensive linemen that need to learn how to pass block. Um, and now they've went out and this year drafted the two best pass blocking offensive linemen who both need to learn how to run block. So it's backwards and it, but new coach, you know, new coaches under Pete Carroll, like on both sides of the ball, he's got um, just a whole new systems and stuff that are, that are being implemented. Clearly they wanted a different type of player. What did you think? You know, it, it seemed to me like they needed to come out of this draft with a corner and they came out with two. But what do you think about Kobe Bryant there at 109 for them as a guy that won the Jim Thorpe Award opposite of Sauce Gardner, the, mm-hmm. the, the best or the second best corner in this draft? Um, so everyone was kind of targeting Kobe Bryant um, there in Cincinnati and he still won that award. Yeah, uh, I thought that was um, an interesting pick. I don't see him as a high ceiling player, but I see him as a high floor player. He's a guy that I believe is going to come in and fill one of their starting jobs, which they need because they only have one corner um, on that roster who's healthy enough and talented enough to start. Um, and so they needed that. And But he's not a high ceiling player. He's a guy that, that is going to be your, your number two or number three corner. Um, that's that's where he maxes out. So I I, I thought it was a need pick because they needed the corner when they turned around and got Tariq Woolen with their very next pick. Um, now that's your high ceiling guy. That's the guy that can turn into um, an elite player, a, you know, pro bowler type of uh, player. Cause I don't think Kobe Bryant's ever going to get there. Um, Tariq Woolen has 16 games at the college level and he got drafted. I mean, think about that just to be yeah. able to be in that position. That means you're special. Like there's yeah. something special about you. You played yep. 16 total games at the position that you just started playing two years ago and even, you got drafted two in the years. NFL. It isn't even really two years because it's not like he started the year at cornerback. He started that year at wide receiver and moved to corner mid season because they were desperate um, and then stayed there. And so he's got a season and a half at corner and really one set of spring practices, one fall training camp. Um, as a cornerback, and he still wow. got drafted. That's it, a little it, scary for an NFL team, but there's so much upside there that it's it's just nuts. Yeah, but it's a fifth round pick, one fifty three. So um, they got the guy they needed because they needed a guy that can start now, and they also got the guy that could be an elite player in a year or two. Um, that's why I like what they did there because yeah. if you if you're drafting Woolen and expecting him to play this year, I think he's going to give up a lot of um, a lot of passes and it's going to be ugly and a lot of penalties. Um, and if you are only drafting players like Kobe Bryant, who I think is, is a lower ceiling player, eventually you end up with a roster of guys that just, they, you don't have guys that can tilt the field. You don't have guys that can make it can be difference makers. Um, and so you kind of, 
you need to, they needed to do both and they did. So I, I, I liked what they did um, up and down in, in yeah. this draft. Yeah, me too. All right. I think that's a wrap. Um, we're going to get together. We're going to talk about the schedule moving forward. We're going to mm-hmm. figure out what we're going to do um, for shows coming up. Uh, but thanks for hanging with us, everyone. We appreciate it. It was a good, nice season that we put together. I think we did a good job in evaluating all the team, team needs, all that kind of stuff, run up to the draft, good content. So hang in there with us as we move into our second season together in this show. So you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at Alfsted NFL and uh, you can find the show. You can find the podcast. You can find the YouTube channel. Uh, you want to make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, leave a positive review, anything you can do to help us out. That would be great. So until next time, take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.